Welcome, everyone, to the Odyssey of Learning podcast. My name is Hunter, and not with me this morning is Courtney, who is off somewhere gallivanting through Europe, if I'm not mistaken, uh, on her honeymoon. She's just uh, freshly married, and uh, we're all really excited for her, and she should be celebrating. It's a big deal. Uh, I'm still here at Odyssey. Uh, We are going to be recording a very special episode today uh, focusing on summer school and uh, what that traditionally looks like, as well as what that looks like here at Odyssey. Later on on the podcast, we're going to be joined by our first podcast guest. Uh, One of our scholars here at Odyssey STEM Academy graciously uh, accepted the opportunity to talk a little bit about their own experience at summer school, and uh, we'll get to get his perspective later on. But just to kind of refresh everyone on what exactly summer school is or what we believe it to be. Um, Anecdotally, I remember when I was in high school, uh, you pretty much only uh, attended summer school for two reasons. One, if you failed a class and you needed the credits in order to graduate, you would have to go to summer school to make that class up. Uh, But number two, it was also an opportunity to fill in some units where maybe you wouldn't otherwise have had the opportunity to. Um, I was in band, and uh, famously at my high school, band took up two class periods during the first semester, one for marching and the other for uh, actual playing. And so in order to compensate for that, most of the band kids went the route of taking their health class during summer school, uh, just before their freshman year. and uh, I had no quarrels, no complaints about that. It was uh, it was health class, so interesting to say the least. But uh, but yeah, that, that's that's kind of our, our summer school experience. That's kind of how we remember or uh, or capture what exactly summer school is all about. Um, and and I think not that's to say that this is a problem, but I think part of the the conceptualization of what summer school is is I feel it's oftentimes seen as a punishment. Uh, That summer school is never necessarily something anyone wants to do, and usually the reason you're there uh, is for some some personal failures of of completing a course earlier uh, and now having to to pay the repercussions. Uh, And that's just the way summer school has been. Uh, But I'm here today to talk about summer school at Odyssey. Uh, And that is not necessarily how uh, things are run, Uh, because as we'll talk about in a moment, it's really difficult to run a competency-based grading model, but then use a traditional model for summer school. Uh, Kind of more new age models for education require new age models for summer school. So um, to start off, in summer school here at Odyssey, no scholar is 100% 100% completely retaking the course. Uh, to a certain extent, they might have to relearn some things if they weren't necessarily picking up on those skills during the school year, but nobody is starting from scratch. You are picking up the same body of work that you had been uh, that you've been working with uh, prior to the start of summer school. And in essence, you're just continuing 
to work. Um, if, if you have uh, failed to demonstrate a certain set of skills by the end of the regular school year, well, now is your opportunity uh, it, during this summer school session to continue working towards building those proficiencies. Um, the, the goal is for there not to be any interruption in the learning. Uh, we want our scholars to be able to continue in a very supportive environment building upon these skills. Now, I know many of my friends and family, not necessarily colleagues, I think many of my colleagues um, who are even in a traditionally based model would understand, but a lot of my friends and family have problems with this um, because I think there is that sort of gut reaction to err towards a punitive response. Um, towards failure. Um, if, if you were, were, were procrastinating or if you were not demonstrating certain skills, uh, there should be a punishment. Why, why weren't you doing your work? Uh, we're just going to make you retake the class over again. Ha, huh, that'll show you. Um, to which I respond, honestly, I, I think it's it's just a waste of time. <laughs> it's, it's certainly a waste of my time. I mean, if, if a scholar successfully demonstrated um, if you were to take a handful of 10 competencies, if they successfully demonstrated seven of those 10 competencies, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense for them to have to re-demonstrate them. Um, if, you, if you've shown me that you can do a successful text analysis, which is one of the building blocks towards an effective argument paper, I, I'm not going to force you to show me to do a text analysis again. You've, you've proven to me that you can. So it doesn't make a whole lot of sense to, in essence, retake a course to re-demonstrate those skills. And then the other element that a lot of people don't necessarily pay any mind to, uh, because uh, especially with our own learning, a lot of times we tend to be very egocentric. Um, but the idea that, you know what, for, for whatever reason, um, scholars just might need that extra time. Um, I think we're all familiar with stories of scholars who, through no fault of their own, maybe just had a rough year. Um, and, and it could be anything, uh, a, a very close family member losing their life, um, uh, parents getting divorced, um, you know, uh, being displaced. Um, I, I've had to deal with scholars in homelessness over the course of my career. Um I think it would be foolish to expect any teenager grappling with any serious conflict in their lives like that. I, I think it's foolish to expect them to be able to proficiently get all of their work done on time. Um, just like we adults have to prioritize things in our life, these kids are learning that they need to prioritize certain things in their lives. Um, and you know, maybe this isn't the popular thing to say, um, education is important. Uh, but there are other things that at certain points in life need to be prioritized over um, school. Uh, and uh, and I think family, uh, certainly being one of those, uh, comes up a time or two. Um, that's not to say that there are scholars out there that try to use that as an excuse. Um, I, I've, I've seen that happen plenty of times also. Uh, but there are many cases where, you know what, maybe an extra two or three weeks in summer school would really help out a kid that had a pretty rough year. Uh, and I'm happy that uh, this system definitely affords those kids the opportunity to do so. So let's get into the specifics. What does summer school at Odyssey look like? If they're not taking the entire course again, what exactly goes on? And again, this is our first year of summer school. So in all likelihood, this format could drastically change. Uh, but currently, our summer school session is only four weeks long. 
All of our educators at Odyssey have the option to do summer school. Uh, currently, it is not. There's no real expectation, although it makes life uh, a lot easier uh, when you have the when you have the knowledge that uh, you are continuing to work with kids um, as they're building these competencies, building these proficiencies. Um, so it's four weeks. Personally, I'm only going to be here for two weeks. In fact, I'm recording this on the last day that I'm here for summer school. Uh, and then we have one of our math advisors uh, who is going to be here for the entire four weeks. Um, and during that time, we are available to give one-on-one -on -one help for four hours a day, four days a week, one-on-one -on -one help with scholars that are continuing uh, to just push themselves through these competencies. Maybe if they're struggling with a particular one, uh, demonstrating proficiency, we can give them support in a much more individualized way that we weren't able to do during the regular school year, which has been nice. It's nice not to have to do any sort of direct instruction whatsoever and focus exclusively on individual scholars and their needs. Um, so as an educator, that's actually something that I really appreciate. But during that time, a scholar knows, okay, hey, I have to work on X number of competencies and I'm going to do this specific kind of work in order to demonstrate that. Now, obviously, we're coming off of a year of content and things that we were learning about way back in September or October might not have necessarily stuck in the brain. And so part of that idea of how we're not expecting the kids to retake the entire course, what's great about a competency-based system is that these are just skills that are in no way, shape, or form attached to any specific content. So if a scholar is looking at a competency and realizing, man, really the only opportunities that I had to clear this were back in October, and I don't remember anything that we were talking about during that time. Well, then look at the text of the competency and prove to me your proficiency in a different way. You can make your own evidence. For example, text analysis, that's one of the more ubiquitous uh, competencies that we teach in ELA, uh, which is why I usually fall back on it. We've, pro we've provided scholars with a plethora of opportunities with different sources, different texts to demonstrate their ability to successfully analyze a text, look for the text features, identify the text form, annotate, summarize, um, synthesize, all of those things. But if a scholar is looking back at that body of evidence, all of those texts that we presented, maybe they're not necessarily engaged by the text. They simply do not remember the context of which those texts were introduced. Who's to say they can't find their own text and, and demonstrate that the skill of text analysis, successful text analysis, their own way? go for it. I, I mean, and if anything, it's going to make my job a lot more interesting because now I'm reading a text analysis of something I more than likely haven't read just yet. So it gives me a, a much more authentic look of what scholars can do. And, you know, and in a sense, it also gives me a preview of some of the things that are engaging to them. That's a really valuable thing for me as an advisor looking to make deeper connections and relationships uh, with my scholars. So you go through your list of competencies, you, you clear everything that you need to do during summer school, and as soon as you demonstrate uh, successful proficiency on all competencies, you will at least minimally pass the class with a C. Uh, that is our system here at Odyssey, and that is if you can demonstrate the, the bare bones, you know how to do all of these skills at, at, a, at a minimally proficient level, that is the valued at a C. 
Um, and I think we'll probably save the grading system for a later episode, but just for the purposes of how summer school works, it's important that I articulate that. And then you're done. You don't have to stay the whole time. I had some kids this summer session that were only here for a couple of days. They wrapped up some work that they didn't have the opportunity to finish during the school year, and then they're gone. They're done. They got a clear grade in my class, and they're ready to go uh, enjoy their summer. Along those lines, though, we also have an opportunity for scholars to improve their grade. So we provide scholars that have a letter grade by the end of the school year to say, you know what? If you're not satisfied, if you want to continue to push yourself and you think that you can get a better score, uh, if you had some more time to work, we have what are, what are called success contracts, where you as the scholar would identify, all right, I have a C in the class, but I feel like I can get a B or maybe even an A. Or I have a B and I feel like I can get an A. We provide scholars with the opportunity to improve their scores. I mean, one of the things that we preach here at Odyssey is that learning is a never-ending process. And so to view the end of the school year as the drop dead, that's it, no more work, you're done, doesn't really seem to fit that model. And so with these success contracts, we have several uh, ambitious scholars that, you know, for, for whatever reason, they received a score at the end of the year that they're not satisfied with and they want to continue to push themselves to get a better score. Um, and so we have we have the whole uh, spectrum in terms of, uh, you know, kids that are working on improving their uh, grades to kids that need to demonstrate proficiency straight up uh, attending summer school in order to accomplish those things. And again, going back to my role as an educator in all of this, I find it very helpful to be working on a model uh, like the one that we're running this year for summer school. It just gives me so much freedom and flexibility to address individual scholar needs and concerns, uh, giving myself the time to sit down with scholars that really need that focused, leveled attention um, so that we can really help them learn to understand how to demonstrate proficiency across certain competencies. It's, it's really been an invaluable opportunity uh, for me as an advisor. I'm thankful that this is not my first run uh, at a summer school model such as this. Uh, and I, just my entire career, which is going on six years, I've, I've been nothing but supportive uh, of this model. Um, and I'd be really curious uh, out there, if you're an educator listening, you've gotten this far in the podcast, I'd be really curious to hear your thoughts um, or if you have any questions um, that we could further answer. Uh, we'll have some email links in the uh, description, the notes of this podcast. Um, we, would, we would love to hear from you. So moving into uh, sophomore year, I wanted to bring aboard a scholar to talk about their summer school experience relative to their entire freshman year experience here at Odyssey. Um, this is a scholar that has been a part of Odyssey planning for quite some time. He gave uh, the, I, I guess, what would you call it, a, a welcome speech, introduction speech at the school's ribbon cutting ceremony last summer. And uh, for a long time, uh, we have a lot of the tenants we've, we've, we've built uh, for the school we've, we've had with, with this scholar in mind. So please, welcome to the podcast, the Odyssey of Learning podcast, Blue Phillips. Blue 
Blue, welcome to the podcast, my friend. Good morning. Good morning, indeed. I'm I'm gonna put Blue on blast a little bit because I what did I say? Eight oh five. Yeah. And what time is it now? Eight twenty seven. It's okay. We're gonna record it, and it's gonna be great. You're here. I'm happy you're here. How are you doing? How are you feeling? Pretty good. You're tired though. Uh, no. No. It, it, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I get it, man. Um, just for our audience, Blue and I, I is Blue's in my advisory. So not only do I see him in my content class, but I also get to see him every single morning, first thing. Um, we've had the opportunity to work together on a number of things. Um, so we we've got a we've got a relationship here built, which is yeah. good, right? Yeah. Okay, so let's kind of recap what summer school has been like for you, Blue. Um, first and foremost, what what brought you here to to summer school? What were you hoping to accomplish? It was not having a passing grade on math, but uh, now that I'm here, I'm trying to get my grade to a B, so I'm really close to that. So that's interesting. You're saying that you you have, I think what we're calling it incomplete, right? We're using the letter I Mm -hmm. to designate an incomplete grade. And you want to not only get to a C, but a B. What's what's your motivation behind that? Uh, My motivation is not waking up every morning this early. (laughs) And uh, my mom. You, you've got some, some family support yeah. at home, and you just want your summer to start? Yes. Okay. I could sympathize with that totally. My summer's going to start at about 1 o'clock today, so <laughs> I'm looking forward to it. Um, so you've been here now for a couple weeks. You've been working with uh, Alice, our math advisor, pretty regularly. Yes. What has been the most helpful thing for you during this summer school session? Her one-on-one teachings with me because there's like so many students that are asking for her. But all you have to do is just be a little patient, and she just comes to the rescue, and she gets actually a lot of help. I like that phrase, come to the rescue. So what do you find yourself doing when Alice is not working with you directly, and she's, as you said, she's off doing her other things in the classroom? What do you find yourself doing in class? Either working on something else or helping other people out with math. Have you found your time to be pretty productive during summer school? Yes, it's pretty surprising. Okay. Surprising how? Because uh, I usually thought I would just slack off, but I was like, oh my God, no. Was that something you were uh, struggling with during the regular school year? I can definitely say that. And how so? Um, I feel like in summer school, I became a little more serious because it's in summer and I just want to relax. And in school, I just thought I had a lot of time and I realized that that's what put me here. That mindset. Uh, Excellent. So we are, like I implied at the beginning, we're on a crunch for time, but I do have one more question. So everyone's kind of getting excited. I know summer's upon us, but shortly, I think about six weeks, we're going to be at the start of our sophomore year, the inaugural sophomore class at Odyssey. What is something that you learned that you are going to carry with you into your sophomore year? Uh, Definitely trying to help others and staying on your work. Tell me about helping others. What do you mean? Uh, because, like, with us, since we're the first scholars here at Odyssey STEM Academy, even though I'm not in Link Crew, I could try to, you know, help the ninth graders, reminding them that summer school is not for them and it sucks. <laughs> and um, just to stay on your work and stay focused in class. 
It might be the first time the word sucks has been used on this podcast. Yeah. Congratulations to you. Thank you. Um, I think that's a pretty noble thing to want to help the incoming freshman class. I think it's it's very easy for sophomores and the older you get to look at freshmen and think, ah, freshmen, yeah. nah, leave them alone. Um, what a great thing to hear that you're looking forward to helping them and maybe not make the same mistakes yeah. that other scholars <laughs> had made during their freshman year. Uh, well, Blue, you, you made it this morning, Thank and I, I appreciate you taking the time uh, no to problem. be on the podcast. Thank you so much. Thank you. You know, it's hard not to smile when you're talking to Blue. Uh, he's just got such a big heart, very genuine character. Uh, and all year, we've been very proud of the work that he's put together, not only in his class, but uh, you know, we might have the opportunity to talk about his mentorship because he did some amazing work uh, there as well. But uh, yeah, we're not even at the half hour mark, but I think it's time to wrap up this podcast, right? I mean, an abbreviated summer school schedule, I think, calls for an abbreviated podcast. We are officially entering summer mode, so we are going to pull off of uh, posting every single week. When Courtney returns in July, uh, we're going to be doing some planning, and I think the goal is to get some more episodes recorded uh, that we'll post more periodically throughout the summer. But we will be back regularly in August uh, once the, the next school year begins, and we'll uh, try to keep this podcast up on a weekly basis. I know I speak on behalf of Courtney when I say I've had a ton of fun doing this. This is just such a wonderful way to reflect on our practices and to share with other educators our learning and our, and our way of doing things in the hopes that we can continue to build a conversation around what education looks like in the country today. Uh, so on behalf of my gallivanting partner, Courtney, my name is Hunter. And once again, thank you for tuning in to the Odyssey of Learning podcast.